Welcome to the Greystone Church Podcast. We are grateful that you're here. We pray that you will be blessed by this message and that God will impact your hearts. Let's listen. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Doesn't that bumper video get you pumped up? I just, uh, makes me want to wear a kilt. Hey, listen. I'm glad you guys are here. My name is Josh Frazier. I'm the Azora campus pastor. I'm so glad and privileged to be here with you guys, to be in God's word this morning. Uh, before, we, before we begin, I want to say welcome to those who are here at the Azora campus. Welcome everybody at the Walton campus and Oconee campus and even to those watching online. How was everybody's spring break week? Pretty good? Pretty good spring break? Man, it flew by super quickly. Hope you guys, hopefully a lot of you had a chance to recharge and refuel. Uh, I'm glad to be back in the house today. Today, what we're gonna do is we are uh, gonna, gonna finish up this series called Advance, Expanding God's Kingdom. We've been in all the way back since January, if you can believe it or not. So how many of you guys have been like faithful all the way from January, all the way through? We've been going through the book of Acts together. Okay, you guys can give them a round of applause. That's awesome. Uh, all of them are online. So if you missed a few, you guys can go back. But uh, so we've gone through the book of Acts of the Apostles. Uh, we're going to finish it up today. And the next Sunday is, drum roll, it's Easter, right? So we're starting a brand new series next week. Uh, before we begin, I want to I uh, pray. I want to ask God to uh, speak to us, but not only speak to us, but that we would, we would listen and apply what we hear today. Uh, so join, join me in prayer right now. Lord, we want to be changed by you today. Uh, let us experience the power of God through the Holy Spirit as you speak to us right now, as we, <clears throat> as we open up your word. Change us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So like I said, the Acts, uh, the book of Acts, for those of you who have not been here this whole time, the book of Acts uh, is, is basically, it's a, it's a various story of, primarily of Paul's missionary journeys and incredible uh, movements of God. He changed a lot of people. He gave the Holy Spirit to empower believers to change lives. Not that those apostles changed lives, but God changed lives and transformed lives through these apostles. Uh, and it's shortly after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So, um, you know, the time timetable we're looking at is like AD 44. Not much time uh, has passed since Jesus' resurrection. And so what I want to do is we're going to spend the bulk of our time in Acts chapter 28. So if you have your Bible or Bible app, you guys can go ahead and go to Acts 28. We're going to read through. It'll be on the screen as well. But to give us some better context, what I want to do is very, very quickly summarize Acts uh, chapter 26 and 27. So Paul, many times throughout the book of Acts, he gets in trouble. Not because he's done anything wrong, but because he's declaring and proclaiming that there is hope and joy and eternal life in Jesus to both Jew and to Gentile. So he gets in some, he gets in some pickle situations, right? So uh, this time in chapter 26, he finally stands in front of King Agrippa, who is the king of Judea at the time, about AD 44 to 47 is when he ruled. And um, so he goes to King Agrippa and he shares, the, he, shares he, pre, he presents the gospel, he gives his testimony, and he's, he's like, he's landed all out there. Well, uh, in the end of chapter 26, King Agrippa, uh, he, he says very closely, do you persuade me to become a Christian? King Agrippa's a Jew, and Paul almost gets him to where he is a Christian. Chapter 27, later on, Paul is taken uh, by ship to an island of, uh, called Crete. Um, the ship quickly encounters a 
terrible storm on the way there, Paul reveals to the crew that they will not perish because an angel appeared to him and gave him confirmation that he would go to stand before Caesar. That was something that Paul's desire was to go to Rome. He appealed to go and talk to Caesar. And this angel gave him confirmation that he was going to go there. So what does Paul do? He he takes that information and encourages everybody on the ship, hey, we're gonna live. We're gonna be okay. We're gonna make it out of here alive. The ship uh, hits a ground through this terrible storm and lands on a, lands at a, an island called uh, Malta, which is where we're gonna begin chapter 28, starting in verse one. You guys ready? Say ready. ready. I'm ready too. Here we go. Verse one. Once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. Now, Malta is a current island. It does exist. You can actually go there and visit a place called Paul's Bay, where they do believe where Paul went and he and the ship and the crew went aground there. Let's continue. Verse two, the islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood and as he put it on the fire, a viper driven out by the heat fastened itself on his hand. So when the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they, they said to each other, this man must be a murderer. For though he escaped from the sea, the goddess justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. The people expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and said he was a god. Isn't it amazing that the critics were just as real back then as they are today? Like, here, here they are. They don't know anything about Paul's story. They know nothing of who Paul is. They don't, know if, they don't know anything about it. But then all of a sudden, the snake pops out, attaches, and they've seen this type of snake before. They know it was poisonous. They, they weren't guessing. They're like, oh, that's a dead man. That guy has to be a murderer. <laughs> I mean, there's no other option. But then Paul, being Paul, God God, God's healing, God's power, his miraculous power was flowing through Paul. And what does he do? He just shakes it. And the cool thing about it is he had just heard a confirmation from an angel that said he will stand before Caesar. So a, a, a measly snake didn't stand in the way of that. So he shook it. And then all of a sudden they go 180 degrees. Oh, he's not a murderer. He must be a God, right? The cool thing about this is Paul's in Malta. And God uses Paul in an incredible way to impact this island. He continues to not, to not just go there to be bitten by a viper. Let's continue in verse seven. There was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius, the chief official of the island. So this guy is the mover and shaker, the influencer of this island. He welcomed us to his home and showed us generous hospitality for three days. His father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went in to see uh, to see him and after prayer placed his hands on him and healed him. When this had happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. They honored us in many ways and when we were ready to sail, they furnished us with the supplies we needed. They were very generous. They were very helpful to get them to where they needed. I want to, I want, I want to talk about the, the stance Paul took. Paul was an apostle of Christ. Paul, a lot of people looked up to Paul, followed after Paul. They imitated Paul. But yet here, does he, here he comes into this new location. Paul could have easily been bossing people around. No, he doesn't. He, he goes and he grab, gathers brushwood. He helps to, 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 to get a fire started. 
Those of us in our Christian walks, we can't think we're higher than anybody else. We gotta do the dirty work. I, I admire Paul for that. He, he gets down and dirty. And then he, he heals Publius's dad. What better way for this new island who has never heard the gospel of Jesus, the miraculous wonders that Jesus offers and the power that he only has through a healing of his father. And there were many people that showed up at that time. It impacted family and family. There was a wave. There was a, there was a, there was a, a revival happening on this island as a result of Paul being faithful to be used by Jesus. Let me clarify something here. Paul did not heal these people. Paul did not heal these people. God healed these people through Paul. I want us to make sure here today, Greystone, listen, God can use you just as much as he used Paul. I don't know what situation you're in. It may not necessarily be healing. He may, it's, you're healed, and then you walk away. No, no, no. It, it may be something different. A lot of us can bring hope in Christ to many people. The hope and joy that we have, we can freely give it and break strongholds, break have breakthroughs in people's lives. They're holding on to so many chains in their own life and God can use us in a new place, a new circumstance. For Paul, it was the island of Malta and it changed that island forever. He didn't come just, listen. No, he came in and, hey, I wanna show the love and the power of Jesus. And he did an incredible job. Even still today, there's Christians in Malta. For time's sake, I wanna Go past, I'm not gonna read word for word in verses 11 through 16, but let me summarize. Paul eventually gets on another ship and they go toward Rome and they finally arrive in Rome. And Paul's excited. I mean, you think about it. Here he is, he's gone through shipwreck after shipwreck. He's gone through possible mob, almost beatings. I mean, there's, there's people who are accusing him of doing all these false accusations. But then Paul's rejoicing because he had, give, he had been given a confirmation that he would appeal to Caesar. He would go before Caesar, and here he is in Rome. I mean, you think about the excitement. God's been faithful to him every step of the way. I don't know what you guys have been waiting on God to do in your own life. Paul, I mean, you think about it. Maybe the angst that, that he was feeling, like, God, when, are, when is this going to happen? Finally happened. I can't guarantee whatever you've been praying for that God's going to answer it, but I will tell you this. Don't give up. If it's God's will, continue to pray for it. Continue to lean closer into him and trust him with what you've been called to do and what your mission in life is. Verse 17, let's pick up where, um, where, where verse 17 here. <clears throat> so three days later, he called together the local Jewish leaders. Let me, let me stop right there. So Paul doesn't waste time. He gets to where he's going, gets to Rome. And then he, uh, Jonathan talks a lot about this, going to places where you have open doors. You don't just randomly just start from somewhere, you know, just random. You, you go where there's open doors to be able to share the gospel. And for Paul, he was a Jew and a Roman citizen. So it was a no-brainer for him to find the Jewish leaders, the movers and shakers of that area, um, and to, to call them in. There were, uh, historians say there was about seven to 12 synagogues in that time. And so Paul gathered these guys and he was going to share with them. Let's continue. So three days later, he called together the local Jewish leaders. When they had assembled, Paul said to them, my brothers, although I have done nothing against our people or against the customs of our ancestors, I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans. They examined me and wanted to release me because I was not guilty of any crime deserving death. The Jews objected, so I was compelled to make a, an appeal to Caesar. I certainly did not intend to bring any charge against my own people. For this reason, 
I have asked to see you and talk with you. It is because of the hope of Israel, that's Jesus, that I am bound with this chain. They replied, we have not received any letters from Judea concerning you and none of our people who have come from there has reported or said anything bad about you. But we wanna hear what your views are for we know that people everywhere are talking against this sect, this new way belief. In the Acts, it talks a lot about the, the way. They were referring to Jesus this different way. Verse 23, they arranged to meet Paul on a certain day and came in even larger numbers to the place where he was staying. He witnessed to them from morning till evening, explaining about the kingdom of God and from the law of Moses and from the prophets. He tried to persuade them about Jesus. I mean, let's stop there before we go to verse 24. Think about having a small group with Paul. Dude was smart, right? He knew the Old Testament and he, he was talking to them morning to night. He, he shared the, the law of the, the prophets and the, the law of Moses and the prophets. And he was dissecting it and saying, that's talking about Jesus. That's talking about Jesus. And he's trying to persuade these Jewish people about Jesus, the hope of Israel. Verse 24. Now, before we read this, if you guys don't mind, I hope you guys have some talk notes. Circle that verse, verse 24 in your Bible or highlight it on your app or whatever it is. We're gonna go back to this verse, verse 24. It's an incredible verse. Some were convinced by what Paul said, but others would not believe. They disagreed among themselves and began to leave after Paul had made this final statement. The Holy, the Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your ancestors when he said through Isaiah the prophet, go to this people and say, you will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's hearts has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them. Not just a, not a physical healing, but a, but a spiritual healing. Verse 28, therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles and they were listened. So they were upset. They were mad. They were they, they, they were God's chosen people. They were the Jewish leaders at the time, right? They didn't want to hear that this salvation is for the Gentiles as well. It's probably news to them. Verse 29, after he said this, the Jews left, arguing vigorously among themselves. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. The thing I failed to mention earlier was Paul was under house arrest. Paul was not just free to go when he arrived at, arrived at Rome. He actually had chains on him. He was, he was guarded by Roman soldiers who would take shifts coming and watching him for a few hours, and then they would leave, and then another Roman soldier would come. So there were multiple people around him at different times, even while he was sharing with these Jewish leaders. People could come and listen to him. So he had incredible opportunity to speak truth into people's lives. And he did it for even two more years that we read in the book of Acts. So the cool thing about it is God had Paul exactly where he needed to be. If you and I were to ask and take a poll, where would God use Paul the most? The majority of us would say it's not in prison. It's probably out and about. He's going to be able to go freely like you and I. He'll be able to go to Walmart or, you know, not, anyway, you know what I mean? Like he'll be able to go freely, right? But Paul makes, makes, a, makes a huge statement in Philippians we're about to read that 
God was able to use him in an incredible, incredible way. In fact, God, God was able to, to write multiple, uh, God, God was able to use Paul in an incredible way to write several of the, of the New Testament uh, epistles, is what we call them, the prison epistles, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. Those four books were written while he was in prison. I wanna focus on one. If you think about where Paul is, he's in prison, he's, he's their guy, he's, he's, the, he's their leader, and he's, and he's in prison. So there's a lot of people who are believers who are really upset. One of the main objectives in the book of Philippians, to, to the, writing it to the church of Philippi, is to encourage them to continue the fight, to keep going, even though I'm in prison, to keep going. He wants to encourage them. So we're gonna pick up at chapter one, verse 12 in Philippians. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Not because I'm guilty, but I'm, I'm here in prison because of Christ, God's will. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without Fear. Isn't it amazing that God's sovereignty, like you think, oh God, oh man, Paul's in prison, it's over, it's done. But he's actually encouraging the church to say, this is, this is better. Just because I'm in prison doesn't mean I have the most impact where I'm at. His circumstance, his situation didn't define where God was going to be able to have, to have the gospel to be shared. So he goes and he, he continues to write in the book of Philippians some incredible theology and doctrine there. But let me, let me, go, let me fast forward to chapter 4, verse 21. He, he sends some final greetings in the same letter to the church of Philippi. He says, greet all God's people in Christ Jesus. The brothers and sisters who are with me send greetings. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. Did y'all get that? Paul's in prison. Like I said earlier, these Roman guards are taking shifts. These people are coming and going, listening to Paul preach morning and night about the hope that they have in Christ, both Jew and Gentile. And he says, he gives confirmation to this, to this, in this letter to the church of Philippi that there are brothers and sisters, there are God's people. People are putting their faith in Christ, especially those in Caesar's household. How awesome is that? People who, people who are pagan are hearing the gospel of Jesus through Paul being in prison. It's exactly where God wanted him to be. Here's the truth. Paul might have been bound, but the word of God is never bound. Jesus is never bound. Are you guys awake? Gospel of Jesus is never bound. No matter what your circumstance is, no matter where our country goes, no matter where our culture goes, like if you have Christ in your life, God can use you. God has purpose in you. Now, now get this. Now, I want you to share. I want, to, I want this to be said as well. Paul didn't come into a situation and berate people. He didn't force people, right? He loved people. So if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, you do not have that relationship with Jesus, you're welcome. You're here. I, don't want, you to, I want you to feel welcome in this place. But I, I don't want you to think that, oh, just Christianity are just forcing Christianity down your throat. No, never, Paul never takes that stance. Paul uses what he had in that moment and he shares the hope and he persuades people. I wanna go back to that verse 24. Can you guys go back to that verse 24 there? If you think about Paul, Paul knew his stuff. He was educated, he knew his stuff, he knew the, knew the Old Testament through and through. 
you would think Paul would have a 100% conversion rate, right? <laughs> it's like, you know, Jason, who's up here on the keyboard, I'm just gonna use you for a second. Like, Jason, hey, you need to know Jesus. I'm Paul. You're saved. Boom. No. Even with Paul, some believed and some didn't. And that's fine. Here's the truth. You cannot save people. God saves people. But you, as a, as a non-believer, you've got to agree that if we have eternal life, if we believe that there's hope in Christ, why wouldn't we want to share that? Why wouldn't we want to, why wouldn't we want to persuade you to Christ? There's a joy and there's a peace that we have found in Christ. Right, church? And we want to be able to share that with those that are around us, the circle of influence that God has put us in. So the book of Acts has ended, right? But the acts of the Holy Spirit, the acts of God have not finished. The title of this message is God is moving, therefore our mission is continued. So it's as if the the acts are done there, but still today, even God is transforming lives. God is using you and me to point people to Jesus to transform lives. Even next week in Easter, we have several baptisms next week. It's because God is moving. It's because you guys are sharing your faith. It's because we're being bold and courageous to be able to talk about the hope we have in Christ. And we're not saving people. God is saving people. Paul did not heal those people in Malta. God used Paul. God God healed the people through Paul. God wants to use us today. So each of us needs to ask, what about me? Am I as committed to the Great Commission as I ought to be? Since God has protected and provided for me, am I relying on his power to do all that I can to see as many people reached for Christ, both locally and worldwide, as I am able. So I have, I have a few action points. You guys have your talk notes there that will help you and I move in the right direction with this. Number one is say yes to Jesus in every situation. Be obedient every day, every hour, and every second. Now, I, 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 I didn't have, this is not a life-altering note here, right? <laughs> not, I'm not a rocket scientist, but it's true. It's true every day. Every hour, every second, no matter what your circumstance is. I was just talking to someone before I got up on stage. Life is not fair. Life is not easy. There's going to be things around the corner. But what we can do is take the response of saying yes to Jesus in every situation, every day, every hour, and every second. For me in my life, that's how my wife, my family has gotten through. We've said yes to Jesus in every situation. Number two, ask God to burden your heart for the lost. Ask God to burden your heart for the lost. A lot of us get so busy in our calendar. We get so busy in our work. We get so busy in our to-do lists where we lose sight on God's mission, and that is people. It's not programs. It's not events. It's people. And so Jesus focused on people, and we're, we're a lot like Jesus. We're becoming more like Jesus when we focus on people. Let's read, let's read in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were, harassed and, they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus, Jesus had compassion on the lost, and he wanted them to have eternal life. Luke 19, verse 41, as Jesus approached, as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. Jesus had a compassion and empathy for an unbelieving city that, that he wanted God's best for them. I think we're never more like Christ than when we serve. We're never more like Christ than when we pray for people and we have a burden for them. Not that, like I said, we're, 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 
We're forcing it because we can't do anything apart from God. We're trusting God to to draw people to Christ. Even those of us in the room who are saved, it wasn't us that decided that we followed God. It, It says in scripture that God drew us to himself and we responded accordingly. Number three, get some training so that you can confidently share the gospel. Get some training so that you can confidently share the gospel. Many of you have been following Jesus for many years and you've never shared your faith. I know some people who have recently put their faith in Christ and they've already shared their faith with like 50 people. They're just on fire. They're excited. They're moving. They're talking about, this is is Jesus. You know what I mean? Like you just got back from a youth camp, right? You can read some books. You can train yourself. This might sound silly. Get around some people that you trust and practice. Practice sharing your faith. Practice talking about Jesus. Practice sharing your testimony, what Jesus has done for you in your life. Get around people you, you, can be, you can be authentic with and talk about. And we talk about the things that we love. I know I've shared that before, but we talk about the things that we love. And it's important to be able to talk about Jesus. And it's a spiritual muscle that we can flex. Here's an easy one. Easter is next week. Take some invite cards. And if you've never handed somebody or given somebody an invite card, here's your chance. Step out in faith. Be bold. And you don't know how, that, how God might change that family from the inside out, him changing it, but God using you in an incredible way. Number four, pray for local and international missions. Pray for local and international missions. When we make things personal, it changes the way we pray. I know some of us, I was guilty of this. I only prayed before my meals. <laughs> like, God, thank you for this bag of Cheetos. No, no, just like we would just pray, right, before meals. But it changes things when you pray for people, pray, praying for uh, um, things you may not have prayed before ever. So there's a, there's a, a website called joshuaproject.net. Now, I'm no, there's, no, there's no affiliation. Joshuaproject.net. And what they do is they share stats with this group called Unreached People Group. Unreached People Group. Write this word down. If you've never heard this word, Google it. Basically what it is, is Unreached People Group. It's a group or community of people that have never heard the gospel. They have little to no access to the gospel of Jesus. And there are, newsflash, there are thousands of Unreached People Group in our world. You think about how saturated we are with the gospel, the good news of Jesus. There are thousands of people who have never heard the good news of Jesus, that there's eternal life with him. There's even some unreached people group in America. Go there. Start adding them to your prayer list. Start adding and saying, God, do what only you can do. Draw people to yourself. Number five, last one, is as God directs, go where he leads. As God directs, go where he leads. You don't have to be gifted as an evangelist, translator, or or teacher to be used by God. God can use anyone who has a desire to be used by him, young, old, to advance the kingdom of God. You just have to be willing. Say, God, use me. I want to end with this little uh, Christian legend. Maybe you guys have heard this before. This is not real, but it kind of puts some things into perspective. There's a conversation between Jesus and Gabriel after after Jesus ascended into heaven. They share what had happened down here on earth of Christ's birth, his life and ministry, his death and his resurrection. Then Gabriel asks, and how will the people of the world hear about all of this? To hear about the good news of Jesus. 
Jesus replied, well, I have a little company of friends there who I have asked to spread it. Gabriel responded, but what if for any reason they let you down and fail to do it? To which Jesus answered, I have no other plan. We're it. God chooses to use his church to impact people. He could do it himself, but he chooses to use his disciples, his followers to impact this world for him. Let's pray. God, you are still moving and at work. Therefore, we have a mission, and that is to know God and make you known. Help us to stay on that mission, to stay the course, to stay focused. There is anyone here today that has never put their trust or faith in Jesus. Let today be the day they decide to commit their lives to you, Lord. Thank you for using us, even as, even as unperfect as we are. We're broken. We're in need of you, God. God, thank you for giving a mission and vision and purpose for us that is bigger than us. Thank you for allowing us the opportunity to trust you. So we love you and praise you. And thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening. For more of these messages or info on Greystone Church, feel free to visit our website, greystonechurch.com. We pray that you will have an amazing day.